Hello and welcome to the Encounter Mercy Podcast. I am Vince Dragone and I have with me as always Father Andy Boyd. How's it going, Father? Good in you, Vince. Hey, we're hanging in there for what it is. We had a nice Christmas, a nice New Year's. Uh, spent a lot of time as a family, made some, I guess, new traditions because we weren't able to do what we normally do. Um, uh, what about you? How was your Christmas and New Year's? You know, I would have thought with uh, COVID it would be <laughs> it wouldn't have been as busy or um, exhausting, but I feel like this year for me it was even more exhausting and everything that goes with it. Yeah, why is that? When it comes to Mass, uh, we had extra Masses for Christmas Eve and uh, not actually any extra for Christmas Day, but our normally highest attended Masses are 4.30 p.m. Christmas Eve Mass. And so uh, being that there's myself and the pastor in Meadville, uh, we had decided that we would do simultaneous 4.30s like we normally do, but that we would add on an extra 7 p.m. So we had simultaneous 7 p.m.s. And then after that, I had the 10 p.m. instead of midnight this year. I, I convinced the pastor that, you know, let's see if we can do 10 p.m. And thank God we did because um, I don't know. Well, actually, I do know. It was a bad snowy day on Christmas Eve this year. Yeah, it I mean, was. As soon as, as soon as 4.30 mass started, it was just ice and rain and then it immediately switched over to slush and sleet and then uh next thing i know it was snowing and i mean a lot of snow so what we had expected with all these ne- needed times for mass ended up being almost unnecessary just because um you know there weren't that many people coming to church just because of the weather outside uh we thought you know a lot of people thought, oh, people won't come to church this year because of COVID. <laughs> no, I don't think it had anything to do with COVID. I think it had everything to do with the weather because it was just a nasty night out. Yeah. But after, uh, after that, I drove up to my parents' house after the 10 p.m. mass and spent Christmas Day and Saturday here, uh, the 26th. And then I was back in Meadville for the weekend masses. So, you know, not a lot of – a very quick turnaround there with that. And then uh, New Year's Eve and uh, New Year's Day – and then the weekend after New Year's, which of course just passed, so it's you know it's just been a very long couple of days, and I'm kind of looking forward to uh, in the next few days getting a little bit more rest. Yeah, you you sound, sounds like you need it. Um, the the yeah the the church I go to they they ended up having a, a lot more masses just because of COVID, and they wanted to make sure they were able to social distance and everything. They even had one mass in the gym at the school, and <clears throat> I ended up going to midnight mass, uh, and I. Uh, almost decided not to because the weather was so bad. The snow, the road was terrible, but it was just myself and I was going to go, I planned on photographing the mass and, uh, it, I'm glad I went cause it was a, uh, it was a small turnout because I think mainly the weather, but, uh, I got some good photos out of it and I think the, the pastor enjoys them and, uh, hopefully can use them for social media or whatnot. But, um, you know, it was just, yeah, it was crazy weather. Uh, that reminds me of like two years ago or was it two or three years ago? And we got like three feet of snow on Christmas Eve and it just jumped on us. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, I, it was actually Christmas day cause I was, uh, driving back from Punxsutawney and I got to the Kearsarge exit on 79. And the next thing I knew, uh, you know, it took me three hours to go from the Kearsarge exit on 79 all the way out to my parents' house in Harbor Creek. And gosh, that was a, that was a horrible, horrible year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no kidding. Speaking of uh, horrible years, I'm glad 2020 is behind us. 
Yes. But uh, well, a lot of people are saying that. Yeah. Now, here's the deal, though. Um, I think things are just going to only get crazier. Um, did you happen to hear? I think he's a senator or a representative. I, I guess he would have been a representative from somewhere. Um, whenever they were being sworn in in the House of Representatives, when he ends his prayer saying, Amen and a woman. Uh, you know, <laughs> I remember hearing that and just shaking my head in disappointment because obviously they're turning something that isn't political into something that's political. And what irritates me the most about that is the fact that amen doesn't mean a, and then men, it, it, it has a different meaning. It, it, it's an agreement. It's a statement of belief. And if you actually look at it in the original Hebrew, you know, that's where it comes from is Hebrew from Hebrew to Latin to English. And so people are taking something so out of context and turning it into something to political, but doesn't that just sound like 2020? And like you said, 2020 is just going to roll right into 2021. Yeah, it's just going to be, I think this is going to be the next two years of nothing but uh, devolvement into uh, a woke culture that is just nothing but secular. Um, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, you know, secular just in general having, you know, we have secular music that can be pretty good. We have movies that are very secular that can be pretty good, but like, Whenever they're trying to take things just to like the next level of just absolutely ridiculousness, like I don't I don't know how much further we can go. So here's another example of something that I saw just the other day. My wife belongs to a a mom's group on Facebook and someone posted a picture in her hand. She's holding a free sample of plan B, the abortifacient that she got in the mail. And she was like, hey, I have no use for this. Does anybody have any need for this? And it's like, when when did we start sending like abortifacients in the mail? Like, how, how ridiculous? Where like, where is this going to stop? Yeah, well, it's it, this all started when we started um, throwing condoms at kids and saying, go wild, you know, go Go wild and have as much as you want whenever you want. And, you know, no repercussions here. No repercussions. It It's just saddening. I, it, I don't know. <laughs> you know, on top of that, we have, you know, the last year we've seen a bunch of Catholic churches being vandalized. And I, I just don't know when it's going to stop, if it's going to stop. And it makes you want to do like the Benedict option. There was a book that came out a couple years ago where pretty much encouraged Catholics that we, hey, we need to... You know, the, the world is just so fallen and so far behind. Like, there's nothing we can do to save it. So we kind of need to become reclusive and live in our own little communities <clears throat> and and just shy away from the world. And it's really easy to get into that mindset. And I find myself all the time thinking like, wow, this would be perfect if we could just do this and just make our own little like uh, community of nothing but like Catholics who who love God and only want to serve God and, and just ignore the rest of the world. But that's not what we're called to do, is it? Absolutely not. And no. And you know, when, when I think about that, I'm hearing, you know, it's, it's a, it's noble. It's a noble want, right? It's, it makes sense because we will essentially want to make heaven on earth, which is what our goal is. But the minute that you start to exclude people, because that's what would happen. That's what humanity does. It started to exclude others and say, well, you, you're not Catholic enough, so you can't belong to this group, right? You know, you, you aren't Catholic enough because 
um, you don't eat you eat meat on Fridays throughout the year. Well, yeah, but the church doesn't require you. Well, we're making it that you have to not eat meat on Fridays throughout the entire year. And it's like, well, well wait a minute. <laughs> My uncle, well, great great uncle, who was a priest, used to ha- always say, "Don't be holier than the church." And and when he says that, when you know, he would say that. Um, it can easily be misconstrued and misunderstood because it's not being holier than um, the church in so far as, uh, you know, the flaws, but rather the perfection of the church. Don't try to overdo or outdo the church in what she requires of us or what she asks of us. Sure. And it's not so much that we want to take like the least mentality to it, but in the same breath, um, you know, being holier than the church really isn't a benefit to you or anybody else either. It can be a hindrance and a hurt of, to other people. Well, and we had this conversation the other week when we were talking about Catholic Reddit and some of the stuff that you see on there. You know, you have you you have a spectrum of Catholics. You have some that are, if you were going to have a spectrum of left and right, like we have political left and right, you have some that fall on the left, some that fall on the right, not politically speaking, but just like you have your your hardcore traditionalists, and then you have the guys who 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 like the the guitar music and the folk music and mass, and they clash like crazy. And and I yeah. I can't help but to think like if if we were to create a group like this in real life, that 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 shied away from secular society, I think yeah, the first couple of weeks, maybe even the first couple of years would be good. Until then, you start having little factions that break off, and like you said, you're going to have different rules, and there's going to be infighting there. And you know, I like you said, it is noble to want to be able to do this and to live a holy life, and it's important to pull ourselves away from, uh, you know, some of the things that we see in the world, so that we can focus on being holy. But you know, I like I'd like to think that if Jesus was here today on Earth, that he would be on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and dealing with all the sin that's in society and and going like headfirst into it and not being reclusive. You know, that's not what he did whenever he had his ministry on Earth. What did he do? He dined with sinners. Yeah, if we want to even go a little bit further back, um, you know. God did this once. He he wiped the face of the earth, and he said that um, he was going to get rid of everybody except for those who are faithful. And the only one that was found faithful was Noah and his family. And so, you know, he wiped the face of the earth. But what did God say after that? That he would never do that again. And he made his covenant with his people, and he hung his bow in the sky. You know, not the rainbow that we think of. It, it the word in Hebrew is kashet. He hung his cachette in the sky, and that means war bow. And so he hung his bow in the sky to remind people that, yes, he could do that again, but he promised that he never would. And so he promised us that he would bring salvation through his people, his omsegula, his special people, and that's Jesus Christ. And so as we know, and like you said, if Jesus were here today, which he still is, he is here. I want everybody to know that, you know, God's still here and with us. He's still, uh, you know, constantly on this journey with us. But he he continues to spread his good news using all different sorts of communication methods. And we can't shy away uh, just because one person made something bad. You know, we, we need to um, take it to the next level and uh, be able to use that method for the good that we have. And and if God made a promise to not wipe out his people, uh, I think we need to as well. 
because if we force people to have a singular mindset all the time, it's it it's a slippery slope that leads to what Hitler wanted to do and Stalin and Mussolini and all those people. So we have to be careful. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm not saying that you can't retreat or you know retreat so you can regroup and better understand what's going on before you go back into battle. If you imagine it like a absolutely. battlefield, you know, you're taking some casualties and the, the, the battlefield's changing and you, you just need to, hey, we got to retreat for a little bit. We got to regroup. We got to learn about what's going on here, find a better strategy. But then once you find that strategy, it's time to get back in there. And, right. and, and that's, you know, it's, it's, it's important. I try to, like, I think like if we were to just pull away, retreat and not go back in, I feel like, like when I would die and like I'm face to face with God, he's going to be like, why didn't you try to save souls? And instead you just tried to save your own. And right. like, that's, that's something that I, I think that'd be a real question. You know, that, you know, if you were to just sit around and just try to make yourself holy. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago too, is, you know, there's a difference between being holy and going out in the world and trying to evangelize and also being holy. But like I could sit in my house and, you know, shut off Facebook, shut off the news, shut off TV, whatever it is, and just do nothing but unceasing prayer. And at the, I think at the end of my life, if I were to continue to do that, I, God would say, Hey, you are a man of the world. Why weren't you in the world uh, trying to evangelize and, and save other souls? I think there'd be a serious consequence to doing that. Well, and that's, that's something that we can then, uh, you know, this can easily be a conversation in vocation because there are some people that, yes, the Lord has called to contemplative prayer. Most certainly. Have yeah. People, yeah. There are people that are called to contemplative prayer like the um, Carmelites. And so they are a constant um, community that are, you know, praying for us, which is good because, you know, you were talking about war mentality. And that's important because um, if we remember the Jewish people, when they were waiting for the Christ, when they were waiting for the, the anointed one, the king, he was supposed to come back and lead them in a war. And they were expecting a war of like a physical war. But in fact, when Christ returned, well, when Christ came, I should say, when Christ came, he did lead us in a war and he still is leading us in a war, but not in a physical war. It's a spiritual war. And so we have the different um, troops, right? We have the troops that are praying constantly for us and, uh, you know, doing what they can, offering mass for us and offering sacrifices for us and, and thank God for them. But we also have the frontline troops. We have the infantry. We have, you know, the backup troops. We have all these different support people too that we can see. And so we each have to take up a role in it and paying attention to that. But that like you have been um, kind of allu alluding to and stating is that, we all have a role in this. And so trying to run away from reality and hide away from reality, which is the world that is going on around us, if we try to hide from that, we're being like the um, dishonest steward uh, with the talents. And instead of doing anything with the talents that they had, which might be for some people contemplative prayer, other people it's uh, proclamation of the gospel for other people it's something else but if if we just hide away from our talents that the lord has given us excuse me we're just we're not we're not doing what the lord has asked and so in this battle 
we have a responsibility to participate in it and how we participate in it, the Lord decides. And so we have to trust him and seek out what it is that he wants us to do. Yeah. Amen to that. And so I, I want to, um, I, I went to Assumption Church in, in Bellevue, Pennsylvania, um, which is just outside of Pittsburgh. And that's where, that's basically where I grew up. That's where I received most of my sacraments. And it was, it was such a beautiful church. I still think, and I could be biased. I think it's probably one of the most beautiful churches in the world. Um, but I, we just happened to tune in over the weekend to their live stream mass. And I had no idea they got a new pastor. I have no idea how long it's been since, um, uh, Father Joe Freedy's been there, uh, but we listened to to Father Joe's uh, his mass, and he gave a fantastic homily on something that kind of this kind of all ties in, I think. And he 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 talks a little bit about woke culture and how you know without God, you know, fixing trying to fix all the problems of the world, all the world's problems without God is meaningless. And it's going to lead to nothing but absolute ridiculousness and fighting. We first need to get a relationship with God straight, all of us. And and then once we have that in order, then we can go out into the world and and fix the world's problems. We can, you know, we can create peace. We can do all these things. But without God, it's just like you see all this just weird stuff that's going on, like a man and a woman. Like, come on. Like, this is it's starting to get ridiculous. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And it's very sad um, that we have to even encounter this because it it just doesn't make any sense. Um, People are, like I said at the beginning, people are taking something and making it a, um, you know, a a, a political statement when it doesn't need to be a political statement because it never was a political statement. Exactly. So... What other things do you have uh, when it comes to like, what should we do? Like, uh, if, you know, someone who is searching for, is, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to really ask it because I guess the answer is different for everybody. But say like someone like myself, like what am I to do? Sure. Well, you know, honestly, I think, and this is something that I, I, I what you're saying is the same thing that I'm hearing in confession a lot from from many different people, from many different walks of life. Um, and even, you know, I was up at, uh, Lowe's the other day and when I was at Lowe's, the cashier asked, well, long story short, I kind of hinted at that. I used to work in it cause it seems to be the thing that I do on the side. And, um, cause they had a problem with the cash register I was at. And then he said, well, what do you do now? Because I said that I don't do that anymore. I, I said, well, um, I don't really, uh, And then I realized I got to just say it. I'm a Catholic priest. So what did this person start doing? Well, he started telling me about all of his problems. And it's the same thing that everybody's saying. It's the same feeling that you're having. It's the same feeling that many people are having. And I think the first thing is, is that we need to be patient with ourselves because, you know, in a time when it's really easy to be patient with everybody else, because, um, the world is crazy. And so we can understand, we can say, yeah, like I totally get it. Like, don't worry, take a deep breath. Everything's gonna be fine. But then why don't we have that same sort of attitude for ourselves? You know, the world is crazy, but I have to be perfect. Damn it. Well, n- n- no, um, no, you don't. 
and you're not going to be perfect right now. You're not going to be perfect until we all get to heaven. So first off, be patient with yourself. Don't expect perfection right this second. Like I always say, I wish I had a magic wand. I wish I had a magic wand that I could just wave over everyone and say, all of your problems are gone. But I don't. But what I do have is this. And that is faith. Faith in prayer. Faith in uh, the protection of God. Faith in his love. Faith in his mercy. And that's what we all need. And it might sound like a cop-out answer. But if we're looking at it as something that is wishy-washy or useless, then we're missing the whole point. Because going back to that analogy of battle, we are in a war. We are in a war. And we know how this war ends. We know this because Christ has died upon the cross and he has risen from the dead and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. We have the answer to what's going to happen, but we still have to wage this war. And so it's not a war that you and I can do on our own. And it's not even one that we can go out and physically be in a part you know, it's not something that it's not like you can go pick up uh, uh, some sort of weapon and take out the enemy because the enemy is unseen, but the enemy is real. And so we have to be first off patient with ourselves, but then we also have to participate in this battle that is going on daily. Whether we realize it or not, it is going on daily and occurring in all of our homes and in all of our lives. And we must pray. Like I said, it might sound like a cop out answer. But once we start to learn about the fact that this is a spiritual war, then the only way we can combat it is with a spiritual defense. And so taking time every single day to pray and truly entering into those opportunities of prayer, you if you joined us for our uh, Advent journey, uh, you know, you had that opportunity to hear us read to you a chapter of the Gospel of Luke all the way through Advent. And if you joined us on that journey, you had an opportunity to truly enter into that moment of prayer in a new way. Well, now, now that that's over, maybe pick up another cha- uh, book of the Bible and maybe not read an entire chapter, but read a section of the uh, Bible a day, you know, and being able to take some time into that prayer. We have numerous podcast episodes that on prayer that you can easily find on our website. Just look through that and you know listen to those if you need some examples or help in your prayer life. It is okay to not know where to go with prayer, but it's not okay to give up or not try. And so taking an opportunity each and every day to pray, to strengthen our journey, to strengthen and fortify ourselves for battle. Another thing, and I'm praying that with COVID, hopefully someday, maybe ending, we can start retreats back up. But retreat is not a bad thing. Retreating, taking time away from the world, is a good thing. It allows us to recharge. It allows us to take time for ourselves and our relationship with God and to truly put our focus back on Him. And so each of us needs to do that at some point in our lives. And just taking that time to recharge our spiritual batteries and be able to enter into a moment of retreat. And so, uh, you know, I encourage everybody, even if it just is a day, you know, you get a day off and you can get away for a little bit, or you can even just spend um, extra amount of time that day in reading some spiritual readings or something, but actually being on a retreat is a good thing. And so throughout all of this, Our key focus when we are impatient with the world and the way it's at is the first answer is prayer, always. 
and to be patient with ourselves. And then from there, with that recharge, with that recognition, if we truly allow God to speak to us, then we can go back into the world and do his will. We can't give what we don't have. So we must first take time to receive to then be able to give. No, I think that was great. And one thing I've been uh, really thinking about lately, and you hear this all the time, especially as a Catholic, you hear, use your time, talent, and treasures, right? You hear that all the time. And I never really like paid attention to that because I always thought it was just a, like, that's just a thing that you say. It's a thing that, you know, whatever. But lately I've been actually thinking about like, okay, so how, like, this is an easy way to really like find something that you can do to evangelize, to go out into the world, to do things, um, to save souls. And, and so you think about like your time. So like me, I get a report on my, from my iPhone, like once a week saying like how much time I've been on my phone and it's disgusting. I mean, hours and hours a day, just scrolling through Instagram, mainly Instagram, Facebook, stuff like that. It's like, uh, this time needs to be spent elsewhere. And so that's part of one of my new year's resolutions is to get off my phone, uh, and to be able to devote more time, uh, to things such as prayer or spending time at my parish, helping out where I can. And then talents, like I, you know, I don't have many talents, but one thing that I, <clears throat> I, I think that I uh, am competent in is, being able to help an organization with strategy and strategic planning. And so now I'm helping the parish whenever it comes to creating their strategic plan for the next couple of years. On top of that, I'm also a a photographer, an amateur photographer. And so the last couple of weeks I've been spending in churches photographing mass and adoration and trying to be able to use those as um, a way to, to share God to people who are who are not coming to mass because of COVID or not coming to mass because they've just fallen away or people who have never gone to mass that want to see, you know, what this is. And I think uh, evangelization through imagery is something that uh, is, is very powerful. You know, we all, you know, any piece of artwork or imagery, a lot, a lot, we're, we're drawn to these things if they're beautiful. And I think the Catholic church is beautiful. So, so that's another thing. And then treasures, you know, you're, it doesn't always have to be money. Um, but you know, money is one thing that is, it can be helpful if you're, do- if you can donate to, um, your favorite Catholic charities or your parish, you know, all the parishes are hurting right now because, because of COVID and they're not, the collection basket isn't going around. So people aren't, aren't donating. And that's something that if you have, if you're able to, and not everyone can, and I, I, the church understands that I understand that everybody does. We've, we've been there. Um, you know, that, you know, that's another way to be able to evangelize. You don't have to necessarily go out on the streets and preach the gospel yourself, but if you, if you're able to support someone who can fantastic. And so those are just things I've been trying to think about and trying to figure out ways to actually use those. Cause if, cause it can be very overwhelming when you just think about, all right, time to go out in the world and evangelize. Okay. Well, how do you do that? Start thinking about your time, talent, and treasure. So that's an easy way to get started. I think everybody can um, evangelize even without, you know, really putting a lot of effort into it. And the number one thing is whenever you answer your uh, telephone, even your cell phone, your personal cell phone, no matter who it is, you know, and I'm even thinking of when my cell phone rings and there's certain people that I know are on the other end and I really don't want to have to talk to them, but I know I have to, or that I need to, 
is answering our phones with a smile because you know it might sound ridiculous but there is a big difference you know in my experience with people when i used to work answering telephones um on the weekends when i was in high school and college like that's important because sometimes you're they're there you're talking to you they might be the only person that you might be the only person that they speak to and and if you can spread the good news even in just your hospitable attitude your kindness and and what you say um or how you say it uh, is a big deal and and i often think back to even when i you know when i was first diagnosed with uh depression and i was having to go and speak to my doctor about it and it was really an uncomfortable conversation to have to have with the nurse on the phone but i remember calling the doctor's office and this nurse was just she must have been having a bad day but it made my day even more difficult because then i have to say to her and she says and why are you coming uh because i need to talk to the doctor about what uh i i need to talk about depression and then the whole tone of her voice changed and i'm thinking why couldn't she have done that in the first place why couldn't this nurse have just done that in the first place had this attitude that was a bit kinder and a bit softer and so i think like i said before it's right now it's really easy because of covid but you know don't forget the lessons that we learned from covid don't let, don't forget the lessons and the opportunities that we had with christ during covid to grow and become a different person and allow these experiences to change us in a positive way and pray that this never happens again i agree and and i think like you said evangelization evangelization through just even a smile i mean you think about um what the romans used to write about uh with with the early christians on how they're amazed that they would save their children who you know the 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 pagans you you know before there was christianity in in rome would they would if if a child was looked sickly or was born with defects they just abandoned them on a hill and the christians would right. go up there and save them and right. the romans kind of didn't understand like well this is why is, why are they doing this why are they so kind like it's and and it's just it's just something as simple as that it's just using your actions you don't have to go save a child but like a smile um being yeah. charitable being charitable you, where, how often do you see people actually being charitable these days? You don't. And, you know, you look at, especially in the workplace, it's really easy to get into, um, you know, gossip and talking bad about your coworkers or your boss or anything like that. And it's like, look, just, just be charitable and, and exactly. live that as an example. And that rubs off on people, believe it or not. It really does. And I think that's, that's and that's living out the gospel message. That's living out what Christ wants us to do. Love one another as as I have loved you. What did Christ do? Well, he scolded those who needed to be scolded, but for the most part, he did it with love. And if we look what he did for the tax collectors and all the rest of the sinners that he was with, he did so out of love. He was strong at times. He was strong in what he said. You know, uh, when I'm thinking about the man that came to him and said. I do all these things, Lord. What must what more must I do? Ah, he says to him, go and sell all that you have and give to the poor. And the man went away sad. You know, he wasn't saying, Oh no, you're doing just fine. You don't need to do anything more. No, no, no. He encouraged him, go further, go further, do more. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think this is a good place to end. Um, but just just I, I just ask that you think about it. if you're listening to the, if you're still listening to this, just 
think about what we talked about and think about how you can evangelize in the world and how you can, if you need to retreat, regroup and f- come up with a strategy and figure something out. Um, and, and, and I think the world will be a better place. It'll take time. Uh, you're not going to win every battle. You never will. Uh, but you can always try to save some souls and that. So one day, whenever you're face to face with God, when you, when you leave this earth, you can, he can say to you, good job, my son, good job, my daughter. And, and you'll feel good about that. <laughs> so with that being said, um, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That way you can listen to us every single week and you won't have to manually look for us because uh, you'll forget probably like I do all the time with all the other podcasts that I listen to. Uh, head over to our website, EncounterMercy.com and check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where we've been a little bit more active than in the past year. And we got to make sure that we continue that in 2021. So um, with that being said, we're we're still looking for a director of marketing. It's unpaid, <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> if anybody wants to apply, feel free to go to our website and go to the contact us button and maybe we can work something out. I guess, again, unpaid. It's an unpaid internship. So with that being said, have a good night, everybody, and we will see you next week. 